You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity. My name is Nathan. I am your humble and obedient host. That's Benjamin Solza right there. Hello. Hey Ben, I've got a privilege and an honor for you, my friend. All right. You are going to introduce Jedi Master of Je- Pastors himself. <laughs> Jake Mensel, Pastor slash Jedi Master. Hello, Jake. How are you? I'm good. I, I've apparently converted to some kind of <laughs> pantheistic <laughs> Buddhist religion. Well, I wasn't going to mention it, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Time, no time to waste today. We did an episode back on October 12th, 2020 called Five Ways to Preempt Winter Depression. I'll read the description for you. How do you preempt the depressing seasons of life? Can you preempt them? As we head into a time when a lot of people suffer from seasonal depression, the Sound of Sanity crew talks about biblical ways to stave it off or deal with it if it is unstavable. Plus, Quentin Seltzer presents his new book, Too Stressed to be Depressed. Nice. Wow. I, I should have bought that book. Yeah, <laughs> you should have. Would have helped you a lot. That was a pretty funny sketch, as I recall. It was pretty good. Now, this episode, we're going to call it, I think we'll call it post-empting winter depression. Because that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. We're coming yeah. back. We're going to post-empt. We're going to do a little check-in. We're going to talk about how we did. Did somebody want to sum up? It's been forever and we don't actually remember the episode, but five ways to preempt winter depression. You guys want to take a guess on the kinds of things we would have said in that episode probably basic things like hey do the simple things first diet exercise bible reading stay on on top of that sort of thing vitamin d those things all matter yeah, yeah the mundane right. things matter that that would have been our starting point for sure almost certainly one of us quoted from the spurgeon book is it spurgeon the pastors oh yeah lectures to my students lectures to my students yes pastors fainting fits. the minister's fainting fits the minister's fainting fits yeah and one of the first things he says is maybe don't be quick to assume that it's some kind of spiritual issue or attack or something like that open a window go outside go for a walk get some sun sunshine and see if that just doesn't do a whole lot for you and so that's where he starts. Right. And and so that's where we would have started too, because that's just incredibly practical and helpful. And we have to understand that we're not just souls. We're souls and bodies and it's all interconnected. So do the maintain things. I think the other point we've made is recognize the patterns in your life. Realize, oh, this is a time when I get depressed every year. Yeah. It's not ungodly be, to... Be objective, step outside yourself. And, and just see, oh yeah, it's coming up. Probably going to happen. It usually happens. Let's not pretend like I just need to be all quote-unquote spiritual and muscle through this let me just realize oh yeah this always happens and take some proactive steps so that's what we talked about and just as a case study guys how did we do how did we do i didn't do very well (laughs) (laughs) i had a hard time i'm only i think just now realizing how hard a time it's been there were circumstances Mm -hmm. that made things harder than i think they would have normally been but one of them just being, you know, part of a church plant and the ups and downs of that. But the big thing being the, the death of a, a close friend of mine. I was, I'd been saying as recently as the past couple of days or week or whatever, that I was really depressed for a couple of weeks after Adam died. But at the same time, God started blessing our church plant and started growing really quickly. And that provided enough of a boost to, I, I think, cover up some deeper 
issues that were going on over the past couple months. And this is part of what we were what we were saying we need to do, and I didn't do a good job of it, was just be objective. Mm-hmm. Step back and be objective about things. So if I step back and I'm objective about basically since Adam died, I stopped going to the gym. I stopped. I didn't, I haven't even, I think I've been on one walk outside of like team walks. Yeah. In the cemetery mostly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's a cemetery right next to top secret studio B. And so occasionally as a team, when we're brainstorming or whatever, we'll go for a walk there. In fact, but it's the, possible there's a mortuary that opens up and we walk into it and that's top secret studio B. That's you, also possible. You, you don't you know, know that's not the case. I don't think I've said it's in my basement on this program. <laughs> and if I so did, forget that. <laughs> it's um, more fun. Anyway. Yeah. So in some of it's even disconnected to Adam was my doctor. Mm-hmm. And so I, I stopped following his dietary advice <laughs> right. when he died. Stopped exercising. Ha- haven't spent near as much time because of that. I think my Bible reading was very connected to, it was just all part of my morning routine. Right. My morning routine went out the window. So Bible reading just been much less consistent in that too. And then lots of other like little things I've just dropped and ignored and uh, not paid attention to. Easy things that just need to get done. And I think, I think that's all connected. And I think that you step back, you see the big picture, and you're taking care of a lot of big things, and you can be pretty depressed and high-functioning at the same time. And so I think that you know, it's kind of characteristic of the last couple of months for me, hmm. if I'm really looking at it and being honest. Well, there's two things I would highlight about that. Number one, I think feelings are, in many ways, a crappy barometer of yeah. how you're doing. There's all, there's always multiple programs running inside the thing that is you and there can be the the church plant is going awesome and i'm excited about that i have a lot of things to be happy and excited about i actually don't feel really bad right but i'm incredibly unmotivated to do anything that really basically involves taking care of myself right i had two weeks of feeling really depressed yep and then then a bunch of really fun exciting things to be happy about that i've been coasting on i think and allowing to mask the real actual symptoms of what's going on yeah but it's almost like a little virus running on your laptop it's like the the rest of the laptop's working it's just going a little slower yep and eventually you realize oh there's this virus and it's siphoning data and it's (laughs) it's it's, it's bad (laughs) yeah it's got to be killed it's got to be killed but it's not because the laptop just stops stops functioning and breaks down and smoke starts coming out of the keyboard yeah every time and the second point that i would make which is a, a, a very simple point but it's hard to know yourself actually. And sometimes you'll have all the signs of something and you just won't. I don't know how many times just in my short marriage, my wife will be like, you're angry. And I'll be like, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not angry. And she'll be like, well, you put your fist through the window and you kicked the cat and you set the couch on fire just because I said I wanted a different couch. And I'm like, oh, I guess I have all the signifiers (laughs) of being an incredibly angry person right now. (laughs) But I didn't feel like the Hulk. I just felt like that thing annoyed me and that was stupid and I was justifiably mad here. And you underestimate the ways that you can misinterpret all of the obvious things. Like, okay. Maybe the reason I'm not motivated to get into the gym anymore is because I was using it as a place to feel good about myself while the church plant stuff was going slow. But also I feel bad and also uh, it's not actually healthy and it's not actually good for me. And uh, yeah, But it gets really complicated really quickly and you can, you can spiritualize 
away the symptoms mm -hmm. in the same way that you can over-spiritualize the causes when you're all caught up in your feelings. And to be able to step back and say, no, 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 actually objectively, steady as she goes, taking care of all the things, having baseline care for your body and your soul is a part of just having a healthy approach to the spiritual work that God's put in front of you. Right. And so actually what you're doing is setting yourself up for some kind of burnout down the line because you're not, this is not a steady as she goes approach. This is just a, I am depressed and I have a, I have something else that is awesome and great that I can throw myself into to mask the things that I'm not dealing with. That's the reality. I think pastors go through that thing, kind of thing all the time. The seasons of ministry go well, and it's really easy to to just go all in on that and neglect other things. And yeah. the classic example is neglecting your family because your identity becomes bound up in your success here and there and everywhere instead of in Christ. And so... Uh, a guy the older man once told me that, and this was like in my early, late teenage, early 20s, Nathan, you really know how to fail gracefully. And I think it's something that's true about me by and large. I know how to fail pretty well. I've done it a lot. Got some practice. But one thing that I've also observed about myself since then is I succeed oftentimes very poorly. Yeah. And that can mean burnout. It can mean I'm just angry with my wife or insecure or alienating my friends because everything's going well and I'm scared. It can mean a thousand different things. Yep. But the, the periods of drought are hard. The periods of success success can often be harder. Can often drought. It's like, okay, my mission is to get some water for everybody. Yeah. Like that's, that that's clarifying in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. If you suddenly go from famine to feast, it's like, okay, how do I have self-control? How do I love people? How do I... How do I, I really have to bear this level of responsibility? Mm -hmm. Can't I just go back to drought? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and how do I bear this responsibility and negotiate all of these things while giving God the glory and not taking credit for the increase? Yeah. And how do I? How am I not terrified to death that I'm about to go back to drought all the time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, if you, I don't know, if you, if you like, if you're used to failure, then you get you actually get used to it, spirit and mind and body, and it's like a comfortable place yeah, mm -hmm. to live. Yeah, you adopt a loser mindset that's, and, and live there because it's safe and comfortable. That's right. Failure is something you can control much easier than success. In, in, you're in success, you feel all the pressures that come with success. Like you say, have time to really have self-control now that I'm successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like, what? No. <laughs> and not to make our single friends uh, feel bad, but an easy example of this is it's easy in a lot of ways to just be a single person who's not trying to date, who's not trying to... Yeah, because you don't have to fail. Yeah, you don't have to fail all the time. Once, you, once you're married and you're like, okay, now what? Like, how do I handle it? I've got to, like, I'm a man. In my case, I'm a there's husband. No, there's I've, no off. There's no retreating. I have there's to leave no... my wife and she's just there. At the, at the end of the day, it's not just me. It's the two of us. Like, I have I, to be intentional even about the time when we're relaxing together and like think about what's going through her mind right. and what she feels. And there's negotiations about movies and which ones we watch and why. Uh, I have to have a plan? Right. Oh, and congratulations, Nathan, you're having a kid now. So let's think about that too. Yeah. It, it's hard. Simple example. But 
Yeah, I mean, you think of Jesus. I'm going to go get a little bit of a break from this crowd. Oh, they followed me. Well, all right, back to work. What it means is these are just normal. These are normal patterns. Again, we're talking about preempting it back in October. Part of the process is recognizing the patterns and being able to step back and see and adjust and course correct and always be ready to live by faith, trust God and embrace more responsibility. That, that loser mentality we're talking about is really just that. It's a, it's a loser mentality and it's something that needs to be killed. Well, there's a pretty famous te- uh, parable of Jesus about a guy that buried his talent because he didn't want to fail because he, he thought that his master was a harsh taskmaster and mm-hmm. yep gonna be judged strictly better oh. not try yeah well, <laughs> exactly he was judged strictly <laughs> <laughs> it's called the self-fulfilling prophecy right yeah <laughs> yeah and so it's just like all right you know the, that's just what life is it's going hard and getting knocked down and getting back up on your feet and being ready for more not hiding from the possibility of failure yeah and, like saying, and acknowledging okay. the real failures in the process personally i'm devastated to find out that you have any sort of human foils or temptations or i was afraid that would happen yeah we should probably not do this podcast anymore right mm. ben well in the church plant too just call it off maybe I... well maybe i should step down and you should take over i mean you've well, not talked about having any any weaknesses my of history your own of not bit. having weaknesses is well known to listeners of <laughs> <Right>. this podcast <laughs> i have to invent insane characters that have weaknesses just so my voice can be heard in association with some of those things <laughs> it's really true it's really true uh, well ben how was your how's your how was your, how's, let's post-opt your seasonal depression. Wow. Post-opt. 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 Post-opt out. I think it was fine. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure, Nathan. I don't know. Why are you looking at me like that? We said we were post-opting. Or, no, we didn't. Emptying. Post-empting. Post-empting. I can't remember my made-up fake word. <laughs> well, I, I felt a lot of spiritual pressures associated with the church plant. What part of that was seasonal depression? I'm not sure. I work in my basement a lot of the day. <laughs> so <laughs> it was even, February even, just now. It was, but even summertime could feel like seasonal depression in there and not a lot of sunshine in that basement. Because so, she's gone. It is because she's gone. You're saying there ain't no sunshine when she's gone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there ain't house, just ain't no home. Every time she goes away, and she's always gone too long. <laughs> every time she goes away. I know. I know. I know. Yep. I know. (laughs) I don't know what you guys are talking about. (laughs) Uh, So I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if I had seasonal depression or just struggles because I was working in the basement and thinking about the church plant can be hard still. So, Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of periods of my life where I've just that little program's running all the time yeah one way or another yeah, yeah you talked about that and that i remember you talking about that in the seasonal depression episode ex- actually just that that's my secret cap yeah i'm, I'm always, always depressed, depressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just there it's running in the background and sometimes it takes somebody coming up to you and telling you so and you having to be angry about it for a minute before you can put two and two together and realize that oh yeah two and two still equals four right (laughs) (laughs) that's what it's been for me i've had lots of reasons to lots of good things happening that have masked realities and you know Mm -hmm. you you get twisted thinking about stuff like this i don't know I, i think even when it comes to things like diet and exercise i'm always suspicious of myself that how much of that is ego and vanity Right, so then That's it's just right. e- it's just easy to 
when you have good masks for those symptoms. Well, it, yeah, and what you were saying about spiritualizing your thoughts about, well, if I do some push-ups and I feel better, that's just me not dealing with the real awful spiritual realities I'm going through. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and if I don't feel the need to do push-ups, maybe it's because I'm conquering my ego and vanity in Christ. Well, I think the best is when you can have both of those thoughts in your mind at the same time and do nothing and feel bad about both things. (laughs) That's my gig. Maybe if we call it seasonal anxiety disorder, I would say, oh yeah, I have that all the time. (laughs) I feel like for me, being freshly married, it's become... This is is maybe too vulnerable for, for the folks, but it's become seasonal anger disorder because... I actually have an outlet for my what used to just be these these depression programs would run. Now I have to live with this person all the time and we have to talk and relate. It tends to can't d- just retreat. I can't just retreat. I can't just turn on a movie. I can't just browse Twitter. I can't just do the things. And so it becomes I'm not just angry all the time, actually. But I do find in these seasons, for us, a big one was just moving to Evansville. All the pressures, all the fears, all the anxieties, which people haven't been tracking. I moved to Evansville much more recently than these two gentlemen yep. have. As Jake likes to say, you end up kicking the dog. You, you've, yep. you've, you've, and my wife is not a dog. But you end up taking it out on whatever person in your life has, is contractually ob- obligated to love you anyway. Mm-hmm. literally has taken vows okay well i could treat that person like crap cathartically get rid of some of this bad energy that's been building up and so that's what it's been for me it's been quicker fiery more fiery bursts of those kinds of things as opposed to and in some ways i'm gonna say that's probably been very bad and unhealthy in other ways i think it's probably been quite healthy because i'm not just talking about I kick the dog and I take it out on her. I'm talking about we talk through it and I, ha- I have a helpmate that helps me actually process these things. And yeah, you've got a reason to deal with it instead of retreat and hide. Yeah, exactly. Which, which can mean that we both have to suffer a little bit in the short term, but also it can mean we're not suffering in the long term because it's getting the poison's getting drawn out yeah. quicker, which is nice, which is, is one of the real blessings of married life. I am H.O. <laughs> Oh no! The devil's advocacy alarm. Oh my stars. The DAA has gone off, fellas. Indicating one of us has to argue for the opposite point of view. I'd like to do it, if I may. Please do. I don't know what I would argue. Well, Mm -mm. Jake, let me just read some scriptures to you, my friend. Ah. (laughs) I like playing a a really jerky (laughs) devil. (laughs) Devil's advocate, I should say. Let me see here. And he, that is Christ, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. That's one from Second Corinthians. From Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Ephesians 6.10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Colossians 2.10, And in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. First Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. I could go on and on. We all know these scriptures. My point is a very simple one. If I'm not living the triumphant Christian life, what am I doing? Well, it's easy to be sarcastic about that, Jake, in your little reformed bubble. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, do we not believe in the power of Christ to actually deal with this stuff? Do we not believe that we can call on the name of Jesus? I know there's Pentecostal churches that are weird about this, and there's 
churches that have gone some strange places with this kind of talk. But at the end of the day, do we not believe that there is real power, that we can put on the armor of God, that we can fight this stuff, and that we cannot live in this kind of low-level maintenance mode thing that you guys are describing? Yes, there is real power in Christ. I'd also like to ask if you've ever read the Psalms, because it sounds like no, maybe you haven't read the Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, I'm just going to at random and just start reading. Oh, look. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love, for in death there is no remembrance of you. And Sheol, who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I fled my bed with tears. I drenched my couch with my weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Okay, King David writing, I believe, before Jesus. <laughs> Jesus False. Has, False. Jesus has come. We have power now. Yeah, we have a better covenant. It's true. I have to jump in here. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> I don't know how much I'm helping, but I think, I think I'm not doing a good job. I am representing things that people would actually say. Absolutely. We have Jesus, Jake. Yeah. Even, even more than King David. We have Jesus. We know who he is. We know what the promises are. Yeah, but the Psalms teach us how to come to Jesus. And the, what we don't do is use Jesus as a magic card that we wave, some kind of... Uh, talisman or some kind of mantra. What, what what you do is you come to Jesus the way the Bible teaches you to come to Jesus. And sometimes you're weary with your groaning and your bed is flooded with tears and you have to pray and come to Jesus being real about that and not deciding you're going to wave a Jesus card and then live in denial and not actually deal with what's really going on inside of you. So you have to be honest about yourself and what's going on. And then, you, yeah, you take it to Jesus and you do trust that he has power to overcome those things. And he can, and he will. But it's not some sort of like, try wave your hands at it and declare instant victory over sin and over sadness and over whatever else you're dealing with. It's, that's part of it. It's part of life is learning to deal with those things in a way that honors God and really does bring them to Christ. Yeah, and stepping out of my role, the kind of guy that I'm representing, I think too often doesn't actually even do the work of bringing these things to Jesus. He just stuffs them down, doesn't think about them, pretends like they don't exist, says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, no temptation has seized me except what is common, and I have the power through Jesus, and therefore I'm not being tempted anymore. And then when he falls into sin, when there's problems, when life rears its ugly head, he's surprised. He's surprised. He's demoralized. He wonders if deep down if Jesus has failed him, but he can't actually articulate that thought because that would be faithless. So he has to then double down and find ways that, you know. Or he's a liar. He's just going to cover up things like the Pharisees and like the Pharisees going to end up, maybe in, maybe in either case, he'll end up oppressing other people. Well, in redefining sin for himself. And so if I can convince myself that I'm a young man. The way that I feel, the, the place I feel this the most is lust and pornography or whatever, right? Okay, well, I've got to conquer that. So let me redefine holiness here in a way that I can actually manage right. it successfully. And so, so long as I'm living up to my standard here, then I can tick that box and be on to other things. Yeah, I remember somehow, Sound of Sanity Instagram account ended up following an Instagram account whose sole mission in life was to convince Christians that 
once you've accepted Christ, you cannot have any kind of indwelling sin. So mm-hmm. it was just quoting verses like first John one, six. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. All this account would do was quote verses like that and say, if you admit to any kind of sin, if you, ha- if, if you claim Christ and you have any kind of sin in your life, then you don't have Christ period. End of discussion. Problem solved. Stop making friends with the world, people. And stop reading at verse 6 and definitely don't read verse 8. Right. Of the same chapter. <laughs> if we say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not the in truth us. the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Hmm. Well, you see how abnormal sin should be in the life of a Christian, at least. Just not. (laughs) (laughs) Then it does say, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness and is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. All right, so here's my final question in my role as the devil's advocate. Kind of the same question I've been asking the whole time. When you think about the hardcore intensity with which John writes in 1 John about that subject, are we being too flippant about it in in doing this podcast at all? In talking about things like seasonal depression and the anger that we feel? Are we just normalizing it? Are we lowering the bar, actually? When we talk about, oh, these are their seasons of life and they're things that you have to anticipate. No, just just cut off the head of the dragon here. I think if that's your mentality, then you need to cut out Psalms and Proverbs and most of the rest of your Bible. Certainly Romans 7. Exactly. No, the, the Christian life is a life of fighting sin. When John's talking about those who make a practice of sinning, He's talking about people who are not committed to fighting their sin and putting it to death, to putting to death the deeds of the flesh and walking by the spirit. He's talking about people whose life is defined by their sin. And he's already said enough about confessing your sins and don't say that you don't have sin, but don't make a practice of sinning. Lots of people just feel that they need to muscle through and that if they're not experiencing the victorious Christian life, they're failing. And so they just have to quit. And they have to stop it. And, and those same types of people are going to be tempted to, to judge me for being real and honest about these things as we have an expectation that a pastor is above this sort of thing. He's truly free and truly living the victorious Christian life. And that's why we follow him and look to him. And we're going to be helpful to people, really helpful to them, and actually help them put to death the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. Then we're going to have to talk through what that actually means and looks like with them and help them yeah i mean boy if your pastor is perfect i recommend you find another church because something doesn't smell right about that all right thanks for listening everybody we'll be back next week with more helpful sanity for you and your friends and your enemies whoever you recommend this podcast to i hope you don't just send this podcast to your worst enemies (laughs) (laughs) ben Thank you for being on this podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for associate producing it. Anytime. And why don't you thank 
the other guy for his role on this podcast. <laughs> Jake, thanks so much for executive producing this podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. And I'll go ahead and thank myself. Thanks to me for producing this fine podcast. And thanks to our patrons who patronize us over at <laughs> patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. Yeah, thanks a lot for patronizing us, guys. <laughs> we needed it. They patronize us. Yeah, we need it. All right. Goodbye. We'll be back with more Sound of Sanity. Until next time. Stay sane. <laughs>